I said, why are you crying, Mother? And she said, there must be better songs to sing than this. And I thought, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do, isn't it? Sing a better song. Well, that's why I've come back. And that's why I'm staying. So let's start work. Hello. Welcome to Songs in the Key Off, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs. Anything that takes my fancy, really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre, or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands. Those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. This time round, it's all about Liverpool. Once upon a time, four lads from Liverpool got together to play pop songs, evolving their sound from the popular skiffle style of the late 50s. They cut their teeth in Hamburg, found management under the musical entrepreneurship of Brian Epstein, and went into the studio with a little help from the record producer, George Martin. The band, of course, was Jerry and the Pacemakers. Although they started out with the name Jerry Marsden and the Mars Bars, until a certain confectionery company complained. The band achieved a record unbeaten until the 80s, scoring number one for each of their first three singles. The next band to achieve such a feat also came from Liverpool, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. During the Pacemakers' first three singles were How Do You Do It, I Like It, and their take on the Rodgers and Hammerstein show tune You'll Never Walk Alone from Carousel much beloved of crowds of football supporters in Anfield ever since. But possibly their most famous song is Ferry Cross the Mersey, which seems like the most sensible place to start with a show dedicated to songs in the key of Liverpool. Ferry Cross the Mersey comes from the soundtrack to a film of the same name by Tony Warren, most famous for his creation of Coronation Street. It's a gentle, sentimental tune, a love song to a city where there's a big old sense of connection and community. People around every corner seem to smile and say, we don't care what your name is, boy, we'll never turn you away. Sentimentality, or maybe to put a more positive spin on it, a deep-rooted love of the place, is an emotion indelibly linked to Liverpool, possibly to the point of cliché, But you can't deny there's something incredibly warm and enticing, inviting, about the affection Jerry and the Pacemakers show for their hometown here. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So fairy Cross the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay People, they rush everywhere Each with their own secret care 
Echo and the Bunnymen will forever be linked to the alternative pop and rock scene of the 1980s, inevitably mentioned in the same sentences as The Cure, The Cocteau Twins and The Jesus and Mary Chain, as a band that appealed to people who are more interested in dressing in black than following the new romantic antics of Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran. As I was a teenager in the 90s rather than the 80s, I missed out on living out the gloom and doom of 80s goth and similar genres in real time, but I was perfectly placed as a 17-year-old to fall under Echo and the Bunnymen's spell during their revival. Echo and the Bunnymen re-emerged in 1997 after a short-lived spin-off project between Ian McCulloch and Will Sargent called Electrofixation. They came out with a new album called Evergreen, the lead single of that being Nothing Lasts Forever, which inevitably got hijacked on football coverage TV shows as a means of soundtracking notable soccer defeats of the age. Two years later though, the band reappeared with another album, What Are You Going To Do With Your Life? And its title, opening track, is wonderfully, beautifully poignant. Opening with a heavy on the onbeat bit of guitar strumming and some shimmering strings and rich cellos, well, it was the late 90s after all, the song is a lingering, lush piece of reflection on roads not taken and the regret that ensues. Ian McCulloch's voice is absolutely perfect for this song. Slightly gruff, slightly strained, holding back the emotion just right. It's gorgeous. And that cello, heartbreaking. If I knew now what I knew then I'd wonder how, not wonder when Something going wrong again With me in mind It's only ever what it seems Memories and mighty beams Heaven sent the smell of dreams We'll never find Tell me Tell me Tell me What are you gonna do With your life What are you gonna do with your life What are you gonna do What are you gonna be What am I gonna do There's a deep somber intent to meal deal by King Hammer broods so intensely. There's something compellingly cinematic about it, like some epic western set in the dusty wilderness of the wild, wild west. That thrumming guitar from Craig Whittle, Hannah Merrick's smoky, nonchalant vocals. There's something in there to recall Isabel Campbell and Mark Lanigan's albums together, 
although the sticky label on the front of the EP from which this song comes suggests a similarity to Mazzy Star, with which you can't really argue. Meal Deal, which, despite the ominous sound and dark overtones, is actually about a couple looking for a new home, complete with a sitting tenant with eight legs. It comes from King Hannah's debut EP, Tell Me Your Mind and I'll Tell You Mine. They've just released a debut full-length album under the name I'm Sorry I Was Just Being Me. I think I need to hear more from this band. I like it there Yeah, I can see you's living there But was it too far, too far, probably The second room was a good size It was very well designed With space for plenty of space for my nice things bizarre short animated film was released much to the delight of the jury of the Cannes Film Festival. It went by the name of La Planète Sauvage and it told the story of life on a far-flung distant world or fantastic planet where human-like oms are subservient to an oppressive race called the Drags. It's acquired something of a cult status ever since with its soundtrack by Alain Gorgier a mix of prog, jazz, soul and experimentalism, proving a rich component of the film's magic. 48 years later, to mark Delia Derbyshire Day on the 23rd of November, the date in 1963 when the world first heard her treatment of the Doctor Who theme tune, Fire Records put out a reimagined score of the movie, created by Liverpudlian's Stealing Sheep, working in collaboration with the Radiophonic Workshop. It's gloriously weird and splendidly wonderful, a far cry from the poppy but still rather perfect 2019 album Big Wows, which featured the perpetual earworm Joking Me, full of squelchy noises, plinkings and plunkings, a kind of experimentalist take on Jeff Wayne's The War of the Worlds. 
There's a sense of otherworldliness to the tunes, which is entirely appropriate, and it ranges from absolute menace to delightful playfulness. The music is interspersed with occasional narrations of an Om character who has managed to tune himself into lessons usually reserved for his drag superiors. It makes for a kind of oral textbook, part biological, part anthropological, with spectacularly detailed descriptions of attributes and characteristics of animals, people and geography on this exotic world. Our planet Egam has just one satellite, the Savage Planet. It is uninhabited and is used for meditation. Egam is divided into several uvers. Two uvers, Strom and Yot, are natural and symmetrical. Ertnar is the longest uva and is completely covered by blue asniac blocks. Its temperatures range from 8 to 243 lakes, making it impossible to exploit. I find this whole album absolutely spellbinding. It's one of those things that headphones were made for. And failing that, you can always crank it up at full volume in the car and imagine that your trip to Sainsbury's is actually an expedition to a whole new world. The track I've planned for is the climax of the album called The Final Battle. The recurring squelchy motifs replay themselves amid a whirlwind of electronic noise. And it goes a bit like this. We were gripped by fear. The statue's huge feet might damage our rockets. was halted on Eager. In the early years of this century, there was a short-lived band with one eponymous album to their name called The Crescent. For a very brief moment, they were touted as the next big thing. As protégés of the Lars rather erratic and domineering Lee Mathers, there was certainly the potential for them to go far. Scavenging around the internet for more information about the band, I found a Guardian review of the Crescent from 2002, which references contemporary comparisons to Oasis, with a straight-down-the-line form of meat-and-potatoes rock and roll. Despite seeming fairly lukewarm towards the band's sartorial inelegance, the newspaper's Caroline Sullivan seemed prepared to forecast, albeit through gritted teeth, that the Crescent would prove to be bigger than any of their compatriots, the Coral, Hokum Clones, or the Bandits. Alas, the prophecy did not come to pass. The debut album came and went, and so did its creators, which is a shame. Listening back to the Crescent's only album, and that's something I haven't actually done since uh, about 2002, there's something wonderfully rich and earthy about the band and their back-to-basic sound. You can pretty much hear the Mersey flowing through the songs, that intangible flavour 
possibly rooted in ancient folk music and sea shanties that appears in everything from Jerry and the Pacemakers right through to the Zootons. Much like the Mancunians with whom they're compared, the Crescent came from a particularly run-down part of the world, in this case Hoyton, which forms the backdrop of their video for On The Run. The song I'm going to feature though is Streets of Tide, opening with drums you might mistake for those of Tony McCarroll on Definitely Maybe, before lunging into a jangly guitar melody and lots of parping brass. There's a whole world of pomp and swagger to the song, an anthem if ever there was one. With its chorus of who knows what the tide will bring, it's a kind of rallying cry to anyone who'll listen. Free your mind, the tide we have to fight. It's full of youth, vitality and an innocent zeal, and I love it. Streets of tide, coming up streets you got no place to hide now. In 1998, at the tail end of Britpop, a band from Liverpool teamed up with the front woman of a band from Cardiff to sing a song about a man from Glamorgan. As with a great deal of pop culture from the time, the song inhabited a liminal space somewhere between ironic archery and genuine tribute to a great man. It concerned a couple who absolutely loathe each other. The only thing that still keeps them going is their joint appreciation of the complete works of Tom Jones. The song, of course, was The Ballad of Tom Jones and it reached the dizzying heights of number four in the charts. At the time the single came out, bands were going to great lengths to give their audiences as much bang for their buck as possible, to the point that singles were arguably not singles at all. The Ballad of Tom Jones, for example, featured a whopping seven tracks on it. The original song, plus six remixes of said original song, glorying under names like Sound 5 Mix, Dirty Beatniks Mix, and SX Dub Scratching Cuckoo Mix. But my favourite was the first of the remixes from the single, which went by the title of The Ballad of Tom Jones, open bracket, Cocktail Lounge Mix, close bracket. It's a wonderfully retro-sounding reinterpretation of the original tune, with a bluesy piano, twanging upright bass, 
a prerequisite saxophone and the cool shuffling sound of drums being caressed by the lightest of touches by brushes. Tommy Scott and Keris Matthews' vocals intertwine rather splendidly on the song. You really capture the feeling of them being caught up in a frenetic love-hate relationship. And the meandering instrumental at the end, all piano glissandos and wandering smoky sounding saxophones is just spellbinding. What did I do wrong? Why you nearly drove me cuckoo? Am I really all that bad? You're worse than Hannibal Lecter, Charlie Manson, Freddy Krueger. Why are we still together? Oh, I can't leave you till you're dead. You mean till death do us part? I mean like cyanide strangulation or an axe to your head. Who's lucky for us? I turn the radio on. They say that music soothes the savage beast. There was something in that voice that stopped us seeing red. The, the two, two of us would surely have ended up dead. You stopped us from killing each other. You'll never know, but you saved our lives. Solve our problem. You mean we hate each other's guts? Still wanna poison your pizza? And I still wanna cut off your nuts. I phoned the marriage guidance. I tied the phone line round your neck. I'm sick of all this hatred. Oh, that'll be the arsenic making you sick. You were about to drive me over the edge of a cliff. As I tried to jump out, I knocked the stereo. Kilimanjaro by The Teardrop Explodes is one of those albums that can do no wrong. Ha ha, I'm drowning, sleeping gas, when I dream. There's unyielding energy to the whole album that knows no barriers. Obviously, 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 I'm going to have to pick reward from the album. It is absolutely gorgeous. Those parping trumpets, Julian Cope's bold as brass balls delivery and the relentless driving rhythm of the whole song. The song takes its inspiration from the band's rising profile at the time, thanks to the support of John Peel. For all the bravado of the music, the song is full of self-doubt and worry, a paralysing fear of hubris. Just how should you act when you get a whiff of success? is the big question of the song. There are references to people who appear to have it all, but might not actually be living the dream they appear to be. Kings, princes, Howard Hughes. It's all about trying to work out how to be in any situation without losing a proper, grounded sense of yourself. Plus, it's a bloody good tune.
there's one album that I keep coming back to talk about on this podcast, and it really isn't one you'd expect me to be waxing lyrical about. It's not Radiohead's OK Computer, it's not Nick Drake's Brighter Later, it's not Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, or The Clash by The Clash. It is, in fact, a compilation album by the name of The Incredible Sound of Joe Wiley. Joe Wiley has her many critics, often due to her being the flag waver in chief for the beige-made flesh four-piece that really shouldn't be the bland they call Coldplay. However, in 1999, Ms. Wiley did cobble together a double CD of some rather wonderful songs for your delectation and delight. The compilation formed my introduction to the likes of Nina Simone, Drugstore, Superstar and Kinnicky, all of whom have appeared on previous instalments of this podcast. But for today's Scouse-flavoured edition, I bring you Surely Wall by Uberman, which appears on their first album, The Magic Treehouse. I don't think I've heard a band quite like Uberman. There's a kind of chamber pop vibe to them, a subtle hint of psychedelia and a swirl of sugary indie pop. Surely Wall, in particular, is a delicately crafted piece of pop magnificence that aches with poignancy. It's a kind of late 90s Liverpudlian take on good vibrations with a similar level of musical ingenuity going on. There's so much going on melodically here with the song split up almost into different movements like a piece of classical music, all the while capturing the mystical, magical world of life by the sea. Dan Popplewell, who wrote the song, explains that the song is about a girl who's being pushed into making a decision on her career by her family and boyfriend and runs away to a dilapidated seaside town to sell seashells on the seashore. One night, mermaids, dancing crabs and, of course, King Neptune appear before her and tempt her into the sea. The song ends with keyboardist Sophia Cherney reciting a spoken word poem with heartbreaking, tear-jerking tenderness about accepting vulnerability and finding deep strength in pain. This song is quite obviously absolutely delicious. If life is an open book, she'd rather read the pictures for a while. Let the bastards moan Cause where she falls, she falls And she says In honour of the fact that the makers of a particular Australian soap 
have recently announced they will shortly be ending the show that launched the careers of Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Natalie Imbruglia, Delta Goodrum, Alan Dale, Holly Valance, Guy Pearce and Craig McLaughlin, it seems only right and proper to feature a song on this episode of Songs in the Key of Liverpool called Neighbours. We've heard from Michael Head's band Shack before. Their standout album, HMS Fable, is one of those all-killer, no-filler records. And I featured the song Comedy from that long player on an early instalment of this show. But it might be worthwhile exploring something from a little earlier in their catalogue, which is where Neighbours from their 1995 album Water Pistol comes in. I say 1995 album, which is technically true, as that's when the record came out, but it was, in fact, recorded much earlier, in 1991. And the reason for the four-year delay? Well, shortly after recording, Star Street Studios in London suffered a catastrophic fire and most of the tapes for the recording were lost. The remaining tapes went with the album's producer, Chris Allison, on holiday in the US and, almost inevitably, got left behind in a hire car. They were eventually found in New Mexico. In the intervening time, Shaq's record label Ghetto had gone bust, meaning that whether they had the album or not, an actual release of the record would prove nigh on impossible. And then the band split up, with Michael Head in the grip of an addiction to heroin. The addiction had been entered into with a sense of deliberateness. In a 2017 interview with The Guardian, Head explained that I was always into the romanticised view of it. I was reading Coleridge and Huxley and Burroughs. I actually got into it purposely, getting yourself into a different state of consciousness to help your creativity to fruition. That's all great and romantic. The honeymoon period doesn't last that long, especially with heroin. You can pretend to be Oscar Wilde with a scarf and velvet jacket and all that, but you won't be wearing that in three months' time because you'll have pawned it. The fact that Water Pistol is with us at all is nothing short of a miracle. And it's all thanks to the German label Marina Records who picked it up. Water Pistol is a beautiful piece of jangly indie pop, all delicate guitars and thoughtful tender lyrics. Neighbours, for example, is a rather poignant tale of life on a street you probably wouldn't want to live on. Everybody might need good neighbours, but in this case, the local residents are desperate figures doing drug deals to earn just a bit of money. Look from your window, stop raining. Look for the fella, you still outside. All he wants is be a dealer.
What was the first single you ever bought? Most people, when asked that question, will go a particularly salmony shade of pink before confessing they first dipped their toe into the world of pop music with a purchase of Crazy Horses by the Osmonds, Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap by Middle of the Road, or Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. To be honest, the first single I ever bought feels like a bit of a mystery even to me. It's far from being categorised under the kind of embarrassing tags reserved for any of the artists just mentioned, but it probably comes across as being a bit off the wall and left field for an 11 year old who had never indulged himself in the purchase of any pop music before. The band was Orchestral Manoeuvres in the Dark, and the single in question was Sailing on the Seven Seas. I absolutely loved, and still do love it, those heavily processed drum effects that open it. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Those slightly ethereal synths in the background and the noodling keyboards. The lyrics, as far as I can tell, are absolute nonsense. There's a nod to the who with the line about people try to drag us down. And then you've got non sequitur lines like the light of love that shines so bright that the FBI won't sleep tonight. It's all just a little weird lyric wise, but Andy McCluskey's semi cream vocals make it all sound as straightforward as you like. Sex and lies can't bring me down because I've sold my soul all over the town. But of, of course. So there you have it, 10 songs in the key of Liverpool, I hope you liked it. I'm sure there are plenty of other bands and artists from the area I've missed out. There's probably some really significant band from Liverpool I've completely forgotten about. In fact, between the two of us yesterday I did think about saying I'd love you to come together, help me out and get back to me with the band you feel is the word in Liverpudlian music. But because I realised I'd end up with either no reply or find myself here, there and everywhere working a hard day's night, eight days a week till when I'm 64 with all the suggestions, something told me I should just 
act naturally and let it be. I'll be back sooner or later with songs in the key of something or other else. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. Thank you.